everybody. Michael Lombardo here. Welcome to Awaken Podcast. Ephesians 5.14 states, Awake, awake, O sleeper. Rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. The Apostle Paul said that to believers, not unbelievers. And the Lord, he is kissing our hearts. He is awakening us to the beauty of who he is, the magnificence of all that he has done so that we could see ourselves the way he sees us, so that we could walk in our identity and we could truly... Um, fulfill kingdom purposes here on the earth. And so that's the heart. That is the core of this podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in. There's a new episode. If you're new to the show, there's an episode releasing every Monday and Thursday on charismapodcastnetwork.com. You could also go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, pretty much anywhere that podcasts are listened to, Audible. And now we're streaming video again. For a while, it was just audio, but now we're streaming video again on YouTube. So you can go to my channel, if you're listening to this, maybe on one of those Apple podcasts or something, you can go to my YouTube channel. Just look up Michael Lombardo and we'll have many of our episodes on there. If you've been listening to Awaken Podcast faithfully, thank you so much. You are such a blessing. Thank you for sharing this with your friends and family. I keep getting testimonies back of what God is doing in you and through you because of the podcast. It's my desire to bring amazing people on this show from around the world that have a message in, for this time, for this hour, people that have encountered the Lord in amazing ways, in dramatic ways. And so they, so you could be encouraged, you could be edified, you could be strengthened, you could be challenged to walk this life out in the Lord, with the Lord every single day. And then I also have some solo shows that I do where we break open the Word of God. Just came out of a series on First Love Fire, First Love Passion at the beginning of this year. Just came out of another series probably about a month ago about no separation from God and breaking down lots of scriptures there and also on the fear of the Lord, rightly defining that and what that looks like in our everyday lives. So if you want to tap into that, go to previous episodes, lots of free content for you to grab hold of. And so anyways, I want to get my guest on the show today. Um, she is a joy. Her name is Havila Cunnington. She is a great communicator. She is a published author. She's a top rated podcaster and she's been in full-time ministry for over 20 years. She does itinerant ministry at Bethel Church. Her and her husband, Ben, they lead a nonprofit called Truth to Table. And they just love reaching the world with Bible studies, messages, courses, lifestyle leadership tools. My wife and I follow them on social media. She's always releasing incredible <laughs> content all the time. And so, Havla, thank you so much for joining me today on the show. Michael, thank you for having me. It's an honor <laughs> to be here. What a joy to talk to you. And so I spoke to your husband a little bit. He's incredible. I see your beautiful kids on your Instagram all the time. And so... Man, you're doing well. Great. That's as good as they're gonna look. Let me tell you, <laughs> I only post pictures. I mean, I always said family photos we put up around our houses because they're statements of faith. And basically, <laughs> it's if you believe me and the woman in the house, we promise we can make you look cute like this. Yeah, but it takes a long time to make happen. But yeah, oh, we have four sure. four young sons. Actually, almost I want to say medium age sons, age fourteen to ages. Well, my littlest will be nine next week. Wow. And then we just had a brand new baby, a golden doodle, whose name is Barkley. <laughs> and so Barkley just came to our family two weeks ago. And it's like having a newborn child. I'm oh, up at sure. three in the morning, letting him out. It's it's a lot. For sure. And even with those photos, like you said, it's amazing how many photos are taken to get that one photo. People have no clue. <laughs> you put know. it on Instagram and it looks really nice, right? But then they have no clue. All the photos of the crying kids and yeah. them looking away. Oh, yeah to get that one photo. So. Well, let me say, Michael, I know you have two littles in your house <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. and that, that dilemma of photo taking is like, they're walking around, they're moving. They don't want to stop. 
Mm-hmm. But teenagers want they, they want to look like they had a brain injury in the photo, <laughs> and so their face is are contorted. I said, "You're never going to have another normal photo. Your your wife is going to think something was wrong with you when you were 14, 15, because they their their intention is to look bad." in my photos. And so (laughs) I try to do it off the cuff or I have to threaten them and say, this is going to go public on all my websites. So if you want to look like this, you can, I'm not going to protect you. There's thousands of people seeing this literally. And so please smile. And they got got to learn to smile naturally too. You know, it's like, it's like they, they don't know how to smile naturally yet. So they're trying to figure that out. (laughs) I know. And and I think your daughter, she'll figure it out because she's a girl and she's, you know, girls are so facial and smiling and all that. But boys, they really don't care. I mean, every smile is, this is for you. Every smile they give you. Yeah. (laughs) Well, anyways, that's awesome. And so as we were today, we're going to be talking about your book, I Do Boundaries. And so incredible book. I read through it. It is so much truth, so much biblical truth, practical. You you share your story. You open up about your story and your life. Before we get into that, though, I always like a framework for my guests a little bit. Tell me about how you first encountered the Lord. I love hearing how people uniquely get touched by God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. Um, You know, I was a church kid. I grew up in a Christian home and my dad was a traveling evangelist. Mm. And at that point, that was the 1970s and 80s. He always said he was at the bottom of the food chain. Mm. And we traveled around the world and uh, he was on the road about eight months out of the year. And then my sister and I have one identical twin sister and my mom, we would be on the road about six months out of the year with him. My dad was very prophetic, would hear God's voice and traveled around really for the prophetic gift that was on his life. Mm-hmm. And, but I, at third grade realized something was wrong with me. And, um, I, I remember going into a back room where the teachers had pulled me in and there was a, a, a stranger there, a woman who proceeded to give me multiple tests. And I didn't quite know what it was about, but when I got home, my parents explained that the woman had done some testing and that I had come up with some learning disabilities. I was dyslexic. Mm. Um, I had reading and comprehension issues and that academics were going to be a struggle. And so I, you know, at that young age, you don't think about it. You're like, that's fine. But as I got in high school and junior high and high school, it became this, this weight, this burden of feeling uh, broken and not, and not useful and something was wrong. And I was always using my energy to hide my grades and hide what yeah. was really happening that mm-hmm. I couldn't read out loud in high school. And I could not, uh, you could not read my handwriting. And I just, I just really didn't want anyone to know. And so I was hearing God had a call and God wanted to use my life. And I just thought, not me, because I don't have anything that's amazing. In fact, I kind of feel like I'm on the yellow brick road looking for my brain. Like, that's my story. Mm. And so at 17, my sister and I got picked up to go to a party with some guys. And we're in the backseat of this convertible Mustang. And our 90s R&B music is playing. And we're <laughs> ready to go to this party. And as the music is playing, I hear the Spirit of God speak to my heart. It wasn't audible, but I heard him say, Havala, what are you doing? It was almost like a wake-up call. What are you doing? You have mm. to get out of here. You've got a call on your life. I believe it was the prayers of my parents Absolutely. and the words my parents had said over my life for yeah. so many years. It was almost like God was coming to make a demand on that. But I knew I needed to say something. So I awkwardly shouted over the music. Can you turn the music down? And then I just blurted out, I have a call of God on my life. And it was incredibly awkward. There was no, you know, they didn't oh, go yeah. out in the spirit and shaking and nothing, just awkwardness. And I started to cry because I think when we 
when we get into alignment, when we stop living in two worlds, but we actually choose a world mm. and the world, the world of truth, like it's almost like a release. It's, it's yeah. finally like relief. I get to live what I really believe is true and going public is critical to our faith walk. We have to go public. Yeah. And so I went public that night and they dropped us off at our house without us asking. And I remember going into my bedroom and kneeling down on my bed. And I said this out loud, Lord, I'm not much. I'm, I'm, I'm a girl. I'm 17. Um, I have no special gifts, nothing that I think would wow you. But if you want to use somebody, I'm available. You got my number. And at that moment, you know, when you say those prayers where you think this heaven's going to open and, and, you know, Jacob's ladder is happening. And I even remember looking around the room, like, Hey, this is when the angelic visitation happens. Right. Sure. But nothing happened. I remember uh, turning off my light, climbing into bed. And I didn't know if anything happened, to be honest, but many years later, I really could see the hand of God that God took me seriously that night. And I always say, even if you can't see it happening, God is moving heaven and earth to make it happen in your life. And so I found uh, about a year and a half later, I started to travel, um, share my testimony. Really, that's what was the, and I, and I, again, I think our testimonies really should be the foundation of all of our faith along with our ministry and messages. Mm -hmm. And then I started to build from there to help people. So you'll see this book we're going to talk about. The reason I write books is not because I always want to be an author, not because I think I've got this amazing message. I really write books because I don't want anyone to feel lost in church like I did in school. Mm -hmm. And I felt like there's all these secret handshakes in church and everyone's supposed to know what this means. And everyone's Mm -hmm. supposed to know how to do this. And everyone's supposed to, you know, you just know. And I'm like, no, we don't know how to hear God's voice. We don't know how to find our purpose. We we, we don't know actually how to figure all these things out, how to grow my life in God. I don't know how to do that. I can mimic you, but if I'm going to have an authentic experience, I need to know what the, what the big deals are. So this is why I wrote this book and the many other now nine books and counting. It's shocking, (laughs) but that's why you wrote them. God's so faithful. I love how he uses areas of weakness in our life to manifest his grace and strength. You know, for me growing up, I hated reading. I didn't like reading. I could read, but I didn't like it. I think I read one book in my life, The Outsiders or something in high school. (laughs) And uh, it was just because there were a bunch of punks in the book and I was a punk. And so I think I liked it, but Besides that, um, you know, I just couldn't stand it. I didn't like reading and then I got saved and I began devouring the word of God and the Lord told me I was going to write. And now I only, I've, I've written one book, but it's just a testimony of the grace of God. And I had a stutter, you know, I did so many drugs in high yes. school. I did drugs yes. in high school. I damaged my brain uh, pretty severely. And I developed a stutter at 18 years old when I said certain things, wow. not all the time. And God delivered me from that, but it's just, and now I'm speaking. And so God, man, the, the enemy loves to attack us in an area where, you know, there, there's a call on our lives. And so I just, I love that about your story and your testimony. That is, that is awesome. I'm glad you shared that. And your book, I do boundaries. You, you talk yes. about, um, your story is woven throughout this entire book. You're sharing your life in this book and you you came to a point in your life where you realized I need boundaries. And I know I was a missionary with my wife for years and years. I've seen okay. burnt out missionaries. I've seen ministers <laughs> yeah. forsake their calling and say, I can't do this anymore because of the demands. And so uh, when, when did this begin? Why, you know, this, this thing yeah. about boundaries in your life? Yeah. I mean, I agree with you, Michael. I think there is this, uh, you know, generation of believers that are, are really, uh, it's almost like a, a, a horrible 
thing that no one talks about, which is the burned out, overwhelmed, burdened down, you know, marriages are breaking apart. Yeah. Kids don't want to be around Christianity because they're watching the Christianity take their parents' joy and strength and health. And so what happened for me is it, I was on a fast track to discover boundaries because I had had my second son, Hudson, and at a pediatric appointment for his three-month visit, uh, the doctor said, I think you have postpartum depression. Mm. And I was a ordained minister. I'd been traveling for 10 years at this point. I was a worship pastor and a teaching pastor at the church. I was just loving God and doing life. And I knew something was wrong. And when she said the word depression, I thought that's for crazy people. I'm not yeah. depressed. I'm a, I'm a believer. I'm an, I'm an ordained minister. What are you talking about? And, but I knew something was wrong. And that's the thing. Like sometimes we, God's trying to get our attention when something isn't right. And we, we can't, sometimes we'll deny it and say, oh, it's something else. But really God's trying to lead us into healing and wholeness. Mm -hmm. And so I went and saw a Christian counselor in town and her and I spent six months triaging my life for a season of um, getting back to me being healthy and feeling like things were manageable and all the things. And then at the six month mark, she said something that I always said makes, made me want to punch her in the face. <laughs> she said, Havilet, I believe you would have been here eventually. Your baby just got you here sooner. Wow. And I was just like, what are you talking about? No, the baby, that was the issue was the baby. And she said, no, your life is not set up for longevity. And she then said this phrase to me, Havala, God doesn't have to abuse you to use you. Wow. And when she said that, it was like every light went off in my, in my heart and in my head. And I went, wait a minute. I believed that if I was going to follow Christ, that I had to be, I had to lay my life down until I was suffering in order to be his disciple. And when she said, God doesn't have to abuse you to use you. She said, I want to teach you how to live in a protected, a protected place and a vibrant place so that you actually give out of the abundance of the heart, not out of the lack. And so I wrote this book. Uh, it took me years to write because I was working it out. It wasn't yeah. like this easy, like wham, bam, I've got boundaries. I know how to say no. <laughs> no. In fact, someone saying no is a very, very small portion of a good boundary. And sometimes we say no because we're afraid or we have anxiety. And that's not a boundary. That's just a wall of fear. Mm -hmm. So what we want to do is really discover what does God hold me personally responsible for? And what does God hold you personally responsible for? And in the book, we talk about the three areas that God holds me responsible for and the three areas that God holds Michael responsible for. And when we get really clear on that, then we get to keep what's in our yard safe and you get to keep what's in your yard safe. I, I titled it very simply, uh, Discover Your Power, Protect What Matters, and Stop Feeling Bad About It. And mm. that's, and, and really the entire part of the book is, you got to find your power and your authority. And, you know, God doesn't say that weakness is meekness. And so being able to protect our home, you know, and you said this too, not to belabor the point, but mm -hmm. I saw many ministry orphans and ministry yeah. widows, people mm -hmm. that they literally, those closest to them that should have loved and protected them had abandoned them for the sake of the gospel, but they didn't know how to protect the things that mattered most to them. And I didn't want to do it to my own family and I don't want our generation to do it to each other. Yeah. When, when I met my wife, you know, she was, you know, we're both in the mission field and her bent was, we got to lay it all down. We got to sacrifice it all. And she would be pulled in every direction. 
Um, uh-huh. uh, th- and it was kind of how she was raised too in a lot of ways, which is a beautiful attribute. My wife is one of the most selfless people that I know personally, and she always challenges me to selflessness. But I grew up with a lot of boundaries, almost too many boundaries. So when I got saved, yep. my wife had to really push me in the area of, no, don't be so selfish with the way you're thinking and doing things. Like, <laughs> make more room for people. Like, lay, you got to lay your life down. Like, we talk about it and we got to live it. And so it's it's been a beautiful paradigm in our marriage because she tends to just give too much and I tend to be a little more reserved and not give as much. And so we We've been able yeah. to challenge each other, but I've talked about boundaries a lot and I, it really helped our marriage, especially saying no in the beginning of our marriage. We needed a lot of time together and, you know, with my family, especially in ministry and the demands of life, saying no to people is saying yes yeah. to my family and yes to my relationship with the Lord and yes to things that matter. And so, but people have this mentality and it's in, it's in the church and you, and you mentioned this, God doesn't need to abuse you to use you. People think like, no, I see the apostle Paul. I see Peter. I see the disciples and Jesus saying, lay down your life and you have to hate this person, that person, if you want to follow me fully and all these different things. So we have this mentality and like, you're right. You feel selfish. You feel like if you hold back a little bit to have boundaries, I'll have to talk about that a little more because I feel like that's an issue for people. Well, you said it really well. You said my wife tends to, you know, have a lot of space and I have a tendency to, you know, want to protect a lot. And, you know, someone once said, we either underfunction or we overfunction. Mm. So when we talk about any topic in our lives, right? Wholeness is finding the balance between over and under functioning. Mm-hmm. And so my husband's the same way. He over functions uh, in, in, he under functions probably in some ways and I over function in some ways. And mm-hmm. so finding that balance, I think God puts us together, but, but I really think it's important to not approach boundaries in a you know, I got to learn how to say no and protect everything. No, no, no. What we want to do is find out what has God called us to and how can I be obedient to that thing? Mm-hmm. Like that's the heart of it. Yes. Okay, God, you've called me to be, a, a, have, a, have a healthy, vibrant marriage. So I can't have a healthy, vibrant marriage if I'm giving the leftovers of my heart, my emotions, my physical body to my spouse. Mm -hmm. So I've got to protect that so that I can give the best of me to him. It might be parenting, right? I can't give my my heart and my life and everything to the church and then come home to my children and say, you get the best of me at nine o'clock at night when you're exhausted, (laughs) I'm exhausted, I'm going to throw you in bed. So So there's this this really conflicted messaging that we say in the church, which is, of course, I'm going to be family, family first. But if we're really going to be obedient, what if we stop saying, I got to get better boundaries? And what if we said, I want to be more obedient to the things God's called me to? And I think that's the difference. That's that's less of an, uh, a, a defensive role and more of an mm-hmm. offensive that says, let's get a game plan and let's set up parameters around this game plan. So there are seasons and boundaries ebb and flow. It's kind of what we talked about. When I was a single woman, I didn't need a lot of boundaries because I could be by myself. I could get the time I needed. Sure. I had the money I needed. Yeah. But as my life, there was a lot more momentum. And I started to, you know, have four children and a husband and two ministries at that point. We were running worldwide and I had all these things. This was not the time to use the old set of boundaries. I needed new mm-hmm. boundaries for a new season. And this yeah. is how I see people mess this up. They also do it on the opposite end. They had a bunch of kids. They had a full life. And then they're, those start to go away and, and they're self-managed and their life stays really small. I can't lay my life down. I might not have enough. And I, I mean, I've seen this with a lot of empty nesters. Yeah. I can't give because, you know, I only have a little bit. I, I've seen this with family members. And I think, wait, wait, you have seven days a week 
You could go serve the poor. You could go feed this. You know, you could go lay your life down. You're not putting kids to bed at eight o'clock at night. You're not trying to find a date night in the middle of of your busy life. (laughs) You're in a different season. So it's really important that if we're going to be, the Bible says, if we are children of God, we are led of God, which means we have the the present leading of the spirit. Mm -hmm. So I say, take a step back and ask yourself, Am I protecting that which God gave me? And am I being obedient to that thing? Or am I using an old set of laws or Mm -hmm. maybe boundaries or habits that are no longer serving the vision? Sure. I think for me growing up, I I don't know, I grew up in New Jersey. We kind of told people what we thought a lot of the time. You're in New Jersey. Are you you Italian? I am Italian. Yeah. Lombardo. (laughs) Yeah. You you hear it in the last name. I was in Fuso. I'm half Italian, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so I grew up in New Jersey, Italian. We just we talk with our hands, like I'm doing right now, and we tell people what we Absolutely. think. Absolutely, right? And so I, I, and I don't know if it was my parents or my upbringing, but I was very confident, like with telling people what I what I felt. And so, like, also if I had to say no, I was okay with. I didn't care what they thought, really. And I kind of grew <laughs> up that way. But that's not, you know, that's a strength of mine. I have other weaknesses, but you know, a lot of people don't have that. You know, a lot of people are are driven, like the Apostle Paul also said, if I was living to please people, I wouldn't be a servant of Christ. Christ, but people pleasing is a real thing. And you talk about that in your book. Sometimes people just have a very hard time saying no, even if they want to for certain things. And that's what kind of, they just keep just <laughs> getting dragged along. Yes. You know? And so, yes. And they say, no, they, they're afraid to say no, because somewhere in, and this was me, so I'm not saying, I'm not judging them. I'm saying me too. Um, we believed that saying no was mean. Yeah. And it wasn't laying our life down and we weren't being sacrificial. And so, and the church, can we, right, Michael, you know this, the mm-hmm. church loves it when we say yes. Oh yeah. Like mm-hmm. I- irresponsible people have no problem with giving you their responsibility. They, <laughs> they love it. That's how they function. I mean, this is how adult children don't become adults <laughs> is we go, I'll pay your cell phone bill and sure, here's some gas money and yeah, you need to do this. And we think we're loving them, but really we're hurting mm-hmm. them to become mature believers. Like, you know, with our kids, you know, God's not asking us to interrupt his plan. And, you know, I didn't see it like this. I saw mm-hmm. saying yes and working, you know, 40 hours at the church um, and then another 20 at home. I mean, I just saw it all as godly, but it took me a minute to back up and say, okay, wait a minute. God has laws that help protect us. And one of the laws that he he does or the ways that he works is is actually consequences. Sowing mm. and reaping is a law of God. So when we have a lack of boundaries, we have a tendency to interrupt sowing and reaping and we become God. We actually deflect from what God is actually teaching somebody and what they're actually experiencing and maybe even protecting them from greater pain, we interrupt that because we want to feel that savior experience rather than allowing them to experience some discomfort, Mm -hmm. but eventually growing up. I'll give you a quick story. So my son is 13, um, 14, 14 and a half now, but this happened at 13. And he came home one day from school and I said, Hey bud, how was your day? Was your day good? And Boys just don't talk unless they want to talk. That's just how guys are. They even men are like that. Mm -hmm. But I just said, I don't need a lot, but I'd love a few answers. Like, how was it? You know, did you have a good day? Anything. Mom, you're always asking questions. I'm tired. I'm, I had a long day. You know, you, I don't want to talk. Uh, I just don't have any energy. You just always want something from me. 
right? Mm-hmm. So he's going to his field. So at first, the Italian part of me wanted to smack him and say, you're going to talk <laughs> to me and we're going up to the room. But I knew, okay, this isn't going to be a good plan to bully him into doing something. Mm-hmm. So I just felt the Lord say, don't do anything. Just say, okay, when you're ready, I'll be here. So I go throughout my day. An hour later, I'm sitting in my kitchen doing something. And my son Judah had this party, this airsoft gun party that he was going to, and he needed a, co- a costume, I don't know what they call it, protection. Mm-hmm. And there was a ski mask that he needed. So he comes in, he goes, mom, I need that ski mask. I said, oh, it's up in the garage in the bin. You'll have to reach up and grab it. He goes, I can't get it. Can you go get it? And I said, you know, Judah, I'm so tired. I've had such a long day. Um, why are you <laughs> always asking me to do something? And I just mimicked everything he said to me at this moment. And we both locked eyes and he got went to laughing and I went to laughing because he got to <laughs> see, he got to reap a little bit of what he had sown. And yeah. so this is the part that we want people <laughs> to experience our sure. boundaries, not in anger and meanness and no, gosh, no, I'm not doing that for you. But in a way that's the kindest way possible, but not changing our yeses and our nos. So now Judah knows when I ask him, how's your day? He can go back to that moment and realize, oh, that's how I sound. So this is how we're operating. You don't get to take my joy. You don't get to take my peace. That's way too expensive. You don't get to have that. I'm going to live happy and content and peaceful because it's an inside job. And so we say it this way, how you choose to respond says everything about you and how Mm. I choose to respond says everything about me. And we say it again, how you choose to respond says Mm. everything about you and how I choose to respond says everything about me. And everything that I know about you is only what I've heard. I can make no assumptions about what's on the inside of you. I'm not that powerful. And if Mm. someone says to you, well, you made me angry. I would say, no, Mm. I'm not that powerful. (laughs) I didn't go inside of you and choose anger. You did that. Yeah. And so, yes, we can provoke our children to anger. We can provoke people, but ultimately no one has the power to choose our emotions, our actions. Those are ours and our attitudes. So we talk a lot about this in this book. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. It's like spirit led parenting, <laughs> right? You know, God, we're, you know, God's, we, we, we reflect his nature and who he is. And, you know, God, he does not use fear of punishment. He does not get aggressive with us when we are, you know, being stubborn or rebellious with him. But he waits for the right moment, right? Being wise as a serpent, innocent as a dove. And we're led by the spirit, even in our relationship with our kids. And the Bible talks about not provoking your kids to anger and everything like that. And so anyway, I love that story. And, you know, just in general, like one thing that I have said and i said it a little bit earlier but when we say no to something we're saying yes to like what are we saying yes to is what you are getting at we're saying yes to the call of god we're saying yes to my husband my wife we're saying yes to my kids we're saying yes to our future strength happiness joy and at the same time god created these boundaries god wants us to live with boundaries it's a spiritual thing which you mentioned in your book that you know creating boundaries is something that god intended for us which you said in sowing and reaping and so god even created the sabbath which is important for us it was a command for the sabbath and that that's vital i found yeah longevity right like you know i want to be married for a long time to the same man like, that's my goal. I want my kids to like me when they're in their, you know, as adults, I, yeah. I want to serve God wholeheartedly for the rest of my life. But that is what I'm doing today, setting me up for that. Or mm-hmm. am I really just, you know, hoping I can just get through it. Mm-hmm. And this is, I really, I get concerned about the way we're doing life. I was concerned. I was burned out. I had ulcers legitimately taking medicine for ulcers because of the way I was serving God, the way that everybody, I believed if I didn't show up, it was going to fall apart. 
you know, if I didn't give this way, then they weren't going to have money to pay their bills. And, and there was an anxiety and a fear based in my faith that, that felt like I was solving something, but it was, mm. it was actually taking so much from me. Yeah. So here's the other concern, Michael. And I think your wife, you were kind of mentioning this, but the other concern, and I see a lot of leaders say, well, I don't want to talk about boundaries because my people use boundaries to get out of things and to not lay their life down. They're mm-hmm. like, oh, I have boundaries. I'm not going to serve this weekend. Or I've got boundaries. It's a, it's a me day or whatever. Yeah. And I want to say that's not boundaries. And it, that's important that we don't just go, I've got good boundaries. I know how to say no. No, you're just mean. You know, you're just yeah. mean and selfish. That's <laughs> how you're not, that's not boundaries. Mm-hmm. Boundaries are the parameters of the things God holds us responsible for. Mm, that's good. So it's not how we treat everybody. That's not what a boundary is. A boundary is how we protect and treat ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so we do it for that sake. And so I always say, you know, you, you don't have to, no one has to know you're setting boundaries. You, you're, mm-hmm. you're thinking you have certain, you know, verbiage, like, you know what, let me get back to you in a little while or, Hey, let me check in with myself and see if mm-hmm. that works. Mm-hmm. There's things you can do that set you up without having to say, I don't, I can't do that. Don't ask me again. And people go, gosh, I know you have a boundary, but that is like way intense. Yeah. So we want to be kind and respectful to people. And then we also want to know what we're responsible for. So mm-hmm. we were talking about this, you know, in our marriage, if I have the three things God holds me responsible for, which are my attitudes, the way I think about life, and my attitudes come from my core beliefs mm-hmm. and my values. Your attitudes come from your core beliefs and your values, and your attitudes are usually given to you by your caregiver. They're generational. It's mm-hmm. what you think about life comes from your lineage, okay? So that's yeah. how we do life. Now, your attitudes, what you think about life, it's different than your feelings. Your feelings are what you feel about life. Now, feelings are within our world, but feelings have no moral value. We did not learn this in the church. It was like, don't be happy, joyful, grateful, and then you're fine. But, you know, anger and and sadness and anxiety, oh gosh, those are bad. Those are bad emotions. Yeah. Good Mm -hmm. emotions. Yeah. And if you do study, you'll find that, that there's actually no moral value to an emotion that you have. It's what you do with that emotion. The Bible says, you can be angry and sin not two different two different ideas and two different actions. Mm-hmm. So what we want to do is acknowledge the emotion that we're having inside, whether it's anger or fear or whether it's joy and gratitude, whatever it is, it gives us insight to the deeper truths of what we believe in our lives. And then lastly is our choices, what we choose to do in life. So what I feel about life and what I, what I feel about life uh, is connected to what I think about life and what I think about life is connected to what I do in life, my choices. Mm -hmm. Those three things are my responsibility. And so, Michael, if you and I were having a conversation and you were frustrated with something I was doing, which, God forbid, I can't imagine two Italians (laughs) being frustrated about anything. Uh, But let's say you said, you know, you said you were going to do this and why aren't you doing this? And that makes me really angry. And you, you know, you never do this ever. And we were having an argument. I could say, okay, that's his emotion. Okay, that's my choice. Okay. I said that. That was my action. Okay, you you think that about me. Okay, now I know. See, the other person is giving us information. That's mm-hmm. it. That's They're good. just giving True. us information. Now I know what you think. Now I know how you feel. Now I know what you're going to do. And that it has none of my control. The only thing I'm in control of is my attitudes, choices, and feelings. So when you get really clear on that, 
you're not overwhelmed and burdened. I can go in and, and lay my life down for a community and serve people and relentlessly pursue the gospel, not in this bubble wrapped house, sure. but in a legitimate way of giving my life to people. But I know what's mine and I'm not mm-hmm. confused. Mm-hmm. And that is the weight and the burden that I don't have to carry. Not to mm-hmm. preach, Michael, but I'll say this last thing. The Bible says <laughs> in Ephesians, he says, you are to bear each other's burdens, uh, but you're to carry your own load. And in the Greek, those are very different meanings. To bear each other's burdens, that word burdens in the Greek means a crushing load. A load carried by ourselves will crush us and kill us. Mm. But the but the load, each should carry their own load, is actually in the Greek like a backpack or a daily toil. So we have yeah. this over-functioning people in the church where everyone's grabbing each other's backpacks and carrying all their stuff that are their daily toil that people need to carry. So we don't have the energy and the resource to go to people that are in crushing loads, burdens, you know, like job loss and divorce and mm. sickness and abandonment, things that people are going through that will kill them without us going as a church, which is godly, to run to them and rescue them. You know, you can't help pay somebody's hospital bills if you're busy paying your adult child cell phone bill. Sure. You're carrying their daily toil. Sure. So give it back. You cannot fulfill the you cannot fulfill the call of God on your life if you're busy trying to be savior to people that you are not supposed to be savior to. Wow. I love and that's that you, really important. I love that you said that one time God told me because I was so anxious about everywhere I went, I feel like I needed to evangelize. I couldn't go and do anything, you know, without feeling I need to evangelize every single person. And that's good. I pray that we, we, <laughs> we share Jesus with the lost everywhere that we go. But I was feeling like if I didn't do it and there was this fear and this anxiety or whatever, feeling like yeah. God wouldn't be happy with me or pleased with me or whatever. And God told me one time, he says, you're not the savior of the world. I am. And that was earth shaking for me. That was yes. like, wow. And now yes. I did it out of want to not have to. And I didn't have the fear of punishment, but it was perfect love that cast out that fear. I realized I'm loved whether I evangelize another day in my life or not, whether I get up at five in the morning and pray and seek God or whether I don't. And it set me free from that fear of you know, striving and anxiety like God's going to be happy with my if I don't do this or not. But I just feel like just to kind of sum this up here, just one thing I feel in my heart is that man that we would just be so confident in who we are in Christ and what he has called us to there's a completeness in him that we could step into and if people are you know angry with us or demanding things of us or asking a lot of us if we could just be confident in who we are know what we are what we're called to here we're not going to be shaken when life is being shaken and we can genuinely in love express our feelings and our heart with people tell them yeah well you know i would love to do that i can't for this reason but please call me next time i love you i'm for you or whatever it may be and we can do that out of confidence in ourselves confidence in god and hey listen i can't control people's emotions and their feelings i can't live controlled by that and so maybe just come into a completeness in Christ where we just know who we are and know what we're called to. My yeah, God. what you're saying is really the, the difference between your value and your effectiveness. Mm. And when we get those confused, then we're busy trying to be more valuable by doing a lot of stuff. But when we get our value clear that we can do, if we never do another thing, we are valuable because we are children of God. And my value stays the same wherever I go because mm-hmm. it's the blood that runs through my veins as yeah. the blood of Jesus. Yeah. Then I get to be valuable, but we do, ha- we do change our effectiveness. The Bible says when we get to heaven, our gifts will be handed out to us by how we lived. So some of us, we need to figure out the value piece and others of us, are figuring out the effective piece. That's really good. How I know this is a Bible study. Your book, I Do Boundaries. It's a study. Yes. And so I have how to awesome. 
Awesome. How do people get a hold of it? And how could people follow your ministry and get more involved yeah. there? Well, thank you for having me. This has been an awesome conversation. Um, I feel like we must be relatives somewhere in the yeah. world of the Italian families. But um, I Do Boundaries is currently on our ministry uh, site called Truth to Table, like farm to fork, truth mm-hmm. to table. And there I teach through this Bible study for 15 days from my kitchen table. And that is all free. Anybody who wants to go in there and watch that, you can do that. If you would like an I Do Boundaries Bible study guide book, which I think is necessary for the study, but not you don't have to, mm-hmm. that's on Amazon right now and Kindle and anywhere books are sold. You can find the I Do Boundaries by Havila Cunnington. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining me today in the podcast. Great talking to you. I believe in your ministry. I love the content that you release. And so it's, it's great actually talking to you. Thank you, Michael. Have a great time and I look forward to next time. Absolutely. Absolutely. For those who are listening, thank you so much for tuning in to Awaken Podcast. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast so we can get it out to more people so they can be blessed, strengthened, awakened by the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Bless you guys and I'll speak to you next time on Awaken Podcast. Hey guys, Michael Lombardo here. Uh, Just quickly, I just want to make a resource available to you. I wrote a book released with Destiny Image Publishers called Immersed in His Glory, a supernatural guide to experiencing and abiding in God's presence. My desire is for you to get to know the Lord in a experiential way, to break every barrier to experience God's presence in your everyday life. I've met people all over the world that are just hungry to know him, but just don't know how to get there, don't know how to experience Jesus in a deeper way. You know, what keeps you from encountering him in a greater way? Do you feel unfit to enter his presence? Do you feel stuck? Maybe you worry that you don't know enough to meet with God. Every human being is hardwired with a need for intimacy with God. When this need isn't met, we search elsewhere and we find ourselves broken and unfulfilled. But connecting with God is of utmost importance. And in this book, I'm just inviting you to experience this vital union with the Holy Spirit that is greater than you have ever imagined. A continuous fellowship with God where a lifestyle of miracles, visions, encounters becomes normal. All right, so in this book, you learn how to be free from self-condemnation, guilt, and shame through intimacy with the Holy Spirit. You learn how to um, have guidance from God as you experience His presence every day. You overcome lies that have held you back from experiencing more of God. You get a revelation of your inheritance that was already freely yours, you know, through the lavish gift of grace through Jesus. And so I just want to present this to you immersed in His glory. You can go to Amazon and find it there. You could also go to my website, lifepouredoutintl.com org life port out intl.org or you can go to destinyimage.com the audiobook is available as well on amazon.com as well as some video teachings at destinyimage.com and so bless you guys grab a copy of immersed in his glory thank you <laughs>